everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today, we're going to be talking with Colleen Mitchell. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to hear some of the things that you have to say and see where we can go from there. Colleen, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a life coach, uh, an author. I also have an engineering degree and I work full time. I have a podcast on type 1 diabetes and I've had type 1 diabetes for 25 years. That's a big part of what I do. As a life coach, I tend to work with diabetics and creatives to kind of help them stop living like their conditions control them and then create more with the time and the mental energy that they get back from that. I've been in the online business world for about three years. And because I also have a full-time job, I find it's an exercise in balance between that and my personal life and all of my side projects. Um, I, I understand that all too well. And I'm a diabetic as well, but I'm a type two diabetic and going through some really interesting things right now, as we were just discussing, my husband and I have just moved from you know, one part of the country to another. Uh, my doctors I've had for like 15 years, they know me inside now. Now I'm trying to find new doctors and I'm trying to explain to them all about my nerve damage and this and that and how it affects my feet. These doctors don't understand anything about it. And they start flipping out about, oh, you've got diabetes. Oh, no. And we're going to, your feet are all swollen and you have no sensitivity in them. Oh, we're going to have to amputate your leg and not just go with I don't need this. <laughs> so I understand about diabetes <laughs> and it really can take a lot out of your life. But um, that's a story for another day. <laughs> One of the things that we were were just talking about, and I know that this is is a really big thing for anyone who's got any sort of chronic or autoimmune disorder, and I tend not to usually talk about it, but we're going to talk a little bit about it today and see if we can merge my philosophy and your philosophy, and that is talking about mindset and burnout. And I know that burnout is a big thing when you're in business, period. But when you have something special, like a chronic illness, it can be even that much harder on you. How does someone who's trying to run a business deal with burnout? Well, I heard uh, an interesting thing from Grant Cardone, who talks about burnout a lot. And what he says is that when you're dealing with burnout, you've really run out of fuel. And for business owners in particular, I think it's important to understand what fuels you in your business and to focus a lot on that. And when you lose sight of why you're doing something, or if you get caught up in your illness or stuff like that, then that's like taking you away from that fuel that's, that's, uh, that's fueling you. And then you end up in burnout. And when I'm talking to other type one diabetics, burnout means different things to different people. And I I imagine if you're a business owner and a type one diabetic and you're burned out in both of those areas at the same time, it could, it can cause a lot of problems. Yeah, I'm sure it can. Um, 
and I know, I know for a fact that for me and for a lot of my clients and the people that I talk with, and, and I'm not talking just diabetics here, but I'm sure it's the same with a lot of us. We, we get to burnout because we still have the mindset that we need to do it all. And we're working and working and working and we've got this deadline and we've got that deadline and if you're like me I'm working on getting my house built and I'm back and forth and two hours a day going back and forth between where the house is and where I'm living right now and trying to put a doctor's appointment in the middle there and this is and this and it just gets to the point where I wind up in bed for a week because I just can't do anymore I've come to the point of burnout. And, and I don't really know how to avoid that. How, how do we not get to that point? I think it has to do with trusting yourself to, to like follow through on your decisions. And if you make a decision to do one thing over another, then don't judge yourself for making that decision. Like I I'm doing that this, um, I went through that this morning. I, I tend to run my life out of Google calendar. And so every time I have a task to do or an event, it goes on the calendar and I will sometimes look at that calendar and there's basically no white space. And then if I have something else that I need to do, then I'm like, well, where does it go? And so then I'll, I'll go through this exercise of deciding which thing is less important and which things can I move to later? And then feeling bad about it because my past self made this decision to put that on the calendar, but now like current me is like, well, we're not going to do that at this point. And so for me, at least it's, it's being kind to myself and understanding that my priorities can change. And something that's really helped for me is knowing that I always make time for what's important and what's important might change day to day. So if I decide that I need to move some plans that I made a month ago, that's taking place today then I can be okay with that. I don't have to beat myself up for doing it. And then if I end up having extra time to do other things, or if I unexpectedly like have plans change. And so I have an entire afternoon free, then I get to uh, exercise with myself about not filling it up with other things and just letting that open time be there. That happened on, on Saturday for us. We had some plans fall through and the entire afternoon just opened up and I was like, well, what do I do with this? If not work. And so, and that's, and that's for me, it's like, oh no, I, I, I don't have work to do. What am I going to do? And I like go nuts because, you know, taking a nap just isn't going to be the right thing to do. You know, I got to find more work to do. So I get that too. But to get to the point where you can allow yourself to do those things that you're talking about, I think is wonderful. I, I think it's something that we all need to be able to do and work on. And I think a lot of us don't, but we need to learn that. So that's great. And, and again, I know that burnout is a really big thing that a lot of us go through, but do you think that we have a lot of self-talk going on inside us that tells us, you know, you got to keep going, you got to do this, you got to, you got to do this. You got to be a part of that. You can't, you've got this appointment. You can't cancel it. Oh yeah. There's all sorts of self-talk. It's a lot of, I should be able to to do this. I should be able to um, get this done. I like, 
it's I'm it's a lot of I'm not enough or I'm not good enough underneath it because we think we should be able to do all of this stuff in the tiny constraint of a single week or even a single day. But I've found over time that being like putting it on my Google calendar and actually like scheduling time for things, it gives me a better perspective of what I actually can or can't do. And so then when other things come up, then I can say no or not now. And that takes practice as well to get better at doing that and not judging yourself. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times I don't even realize that I've got this little voice telling me things, you know, it's, it's so low and it's just so insidious inside me that, you know, I don't realize it's there, but when I do realize it's there, I've gotten to the point where I say, all right, look self, (laughs) you know, yeah, that's really what it is. I, um, I've over time started to call it my drama queen uncle in my head because I have an, an uncle who's a little bit of a drama queen. And so every time my brain comes up with this idea that I, I should be able to do something or it's just getting really dramatic, I'm like, okay, you can stop talking now. We don't need to listen to you at this point. Yep. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And it's it's really funny. And I, I think it just takes practice. I think the more we understand and realize it and and it's like i'm in the middle of a of an ice storm and you know the internet might go out and and you know i don't want this to happen and embarrass me so i'm just going to cancel the podcast that's self-talk that's you know that's 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 self-talk and i just have to look and say i'm inside this nice warm home right now you know the ice is on the outside we're got lots of heat and everything inside and if the uh, internet goes out oh well we'll reschedule we're doing this you know you have to just uh, recreate that self-talk and turn it from a negative into a positive I think that helps a lot yeah reframing instead of like uh, we shouldn't do this then it's it turns into well we'll just figure it out later or something like that. So you're not shutting yourself down from doing something. And I think that's basically failing ahead of time. Cause a lot of the times what we're doing is we're afraid of failing or we're afraid of feeling something and then we avoid it. And then we end up feeling that way anyway. So we might as well feel bad while we're doing something instead of feeling bad and not doing something. How do you get to that point? I mean, practice. it's all <laughs> practice. Yeah. It's all well and good. Yeah. You know, when, when you know it, you understand it and you deal with it. But for someone, and, and I know after my accident, um, for over a year, I just, I sat in a ball and I just, I, you know, all I could do was say, my life is over. I can't do anything I used to do. It's a woe is me and all these kinds of problems. And if somebody had told me, well, just reframe your self-talk, I would have looked at them and I would have gone, you're totally nuts. Yeah. Well, when you're, when you're in the middle of it like that, it's not useful to just say, well, think something different or just reframe your thoughts. Because when you're in the middle of it, you need time to process it. And a lot of the times people are avoiding processing it, thinking that they should just be able to deal with this when what they really need to do is just sit with it and be okay sitting with it. And being okay sitting with it can feel uncomfortable because it's you're feeling your feelings. And a lot of the times feeling your feelings is not comfortable, but it's okay to feel uncomfortable. 
We just think it isn't. I love it. I love it. I think that's really, really, really important. And, you know, I think we just have to give ourselves permission. Yeah. You know, for whatever we have to give ourselves permission. Growing a successful business is hard enough, but trying to do it while adjusting to a new challenge like a chronic illness can definitely derail the best of us. Nancy understands. She has been there, done that. With 30 years of success, she knows the necessary business hacks to increase your income and relieve the day-to-day stress of running a business, all while living in an uncooperative body. Nancy can help you. Connect with her today through the links in the show notes so you can see your business soar higher. And I, and I think also um, one of the things that I'm dealing with with my clients, a lot of my clients right now, is they're, they haven't given themselves permission to accept that their life has changed. You know, doesn't mean that your life is good or bad or worse or better than it used to be. It's different. And once you've accepted that difference, you can say, I can't do things the way I used to. I need help. I need support. I need, you know, somebody showing me the way to do things in a different way. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I see that all the time with newly diagnosed diabetics, especially type ones, where they go from being able to eat anything they want and like doing anything they want without having to prepare for it to they have to carry around their insulin or they're on an insulin pump and they have to check their blood sugar before they go do stuff. It can be kind of a a culture shock to go from one to the other and not be prepared for it. And then constantly thinking that I should still be able to do this, how I did it before, but that's the reality is you can't go back to how it is before because type one is incurable. Right. That's, right. That's great. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, yeah. And, and with, with any chronic illness for the most part or autoimmune disorder, you know, it's, it's something that you've got and yeah. you might be able to go into a remission, but you, you've got it and, you know, you've got to learn to deal with it. And, and that takes me into the whole, okay, you've got diabetes, you've got fibromyalgia, you've got whatever. Self-care and chronic illness management becomes so important. You've gotten to the point where your self-talk, you've, you, you know, you can tell yourself, yeah, I've got this. I, I need to look at things differently. But then how do you actually, I've had diabetes for 20 years. I still don't check my sugar the way I should. I still sneak in that piece of cake. I shouldn't, you know, I, I do things that I know perfectly well I shouldn't do. And I just don't think about it, you know? So the management of my, cause I'm on insulin and the management of my diabetes is not what it should be, <laughs> you know? So how do we, self-talk ourselves into understanding that that really is an important part of our lives going forward and we need to do it. 
Well, I think part of it actually has to do with imagining yourself in the future and looking at what you want her life to look like. Because if, if you, if you look at it that from that perspective, you might understand differently the things that you're doing today, how they affect you in the future. And instead of leaving those problems with her to deal with, then you can make decisions now that help her deal with it then. So I know um, so over the last five, six years, I've lost uh, over 65 pounds. And that was from changing my diet to low carb because I had gotten to the point where I, my blood sugars were swinging wildly and my A1Cs were too high and I just kept gaining and gaining weight. And I reached this point of basically my personal level of disgust and knew that if I didn't do something then, then I would be dealing with this for the rest of my life. And so having that, that insight into my future self and what I wanted for her was really powerful to be able to make those changes today. And I think when you're, when you're trying to build routines into your daily practice, it's about keeping that in mind. Like what do you, how do you want to show up today to make it easier for your future? I like that. I like that a lot. And, and I think it's really what to just make sure that what's important becomes what's important for you to deal with. Right. You know, uh, to accepting that this is a part of it. And if I don't really want somebody to amputate my leg down the road somewhere, I've got to do something. Yeah. Um, I have an example with this right now. We um, just, we just recorded the podcast episode on uh, site rotation and scar tissue. And those are both really big deals for type one diabetics who are on wearables like insulin pumps and sensors, because you have to rotate those sites uh, every three to 10 days, depending on what you're wearing. And for the last uh, six years, I've been on a continuous glucose monitor and I've always ever put them on my upper arms. And over time, I'm like, well, I, I should probably figure out where else to put this besides my upper arms. Cause those might get scar tissue really fast. Mm-hmm. And yesterday morning I decided because it scared me to put my sensor on my inner forearm. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd ever done it. I'd seen it happen for other people, but I was like, that is the scariest location ever. And so I decided yesterday morning that that's something I should do. <laughs> and so I put that on there. Because I know that over time, I need to have more places for my sensor to go if I'm going to avoid that scar tissue buildup and then end up with fewer spots. So now now my arms get uh, an entire month of healing instead of just 10 days because I made that decision yesterday to put that on on my forearm. I love that. I love that. And I think... I'm thinking about myself and, and also thinking about some of the people that I work with. And, and, you know, it's like, there are things that we have come to accept and move on and deal with. And then there are other things that I just don't even want to think about it. But when you, it's, it's the unknown, it's the scary, it's the, you know, what's, what's going to happen down the road. But when you say, okay, I'm going to deal with this now rather than dealing with something that could be so much worse later on, you really are saving yourself time, effort, and problems down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you make those decisions up front and then you stick to them, you're just, you're easing all that decision fatigue down the, down the line. So it's like, instead of worrying every day about what I'm going to eat, 
today. And then like dealing with all of that self-talk about it. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I know it's going to like, it might taste good, but it'll impact my blood sugar later. And then, but I really want it. It, if you take that decision out of the picture by planning ahead of time and just like writing. So this is something I do is I write my food plan out 24 hours in advance. And then that's what I eat the next day. It takes all of the decisions out of it because I've already made that decision ahead of time. And then I'm not relying on, um, my current like version of me to deal with those urges to eat something that's not on my plan. Yeah. And, and I think, um, going to the grocery store and walking up and down the aisles and I go, Oh, that cake looks so good. (laughs) You know, or, Oh, I want ice cream. And, you know, and you just keep on going, you don't, you know, so you need to have, the ability to say no to things too and not just or to delegate i don't do the grocery shopping anymore my husband does so i my don't even have does to go to the too, store he's the one that brings home the stuff i shouldn't have to eat <laughs> he just stuck out his tongue at me <laughs> a camper is a small place to live you have no privacy <laughs> We also have very little refrigerator space. So, you know, we go to the grocery store every day and and that doesn't help things either. (laughs) But when we were living at home, we used to plan our menus for the entire week. And that's what we would have, you know, and it really does help. So I think this is really interesting to think about all of these things. And, And by the way, when you were talking about Google Calendar, that's one of the kinds of things I talk about when I'm talking about tools, you know, how that is so important to have all of that down somewhere, whether it's on a written out piece of paper or if it's a, I mean, my Google calendar is on my phone. It's on my computer. It's on my tablet. It's, you know, on my Alexa. I even have it on my Alexa so that I can get reminders and, and things like that. And, and that's what keeps me grounded so that I know what's going on. And, and Cindy sent me a message a little while ago and said, did you have your podcast interview this morning? It was at nine o'clock and I'm going, Oh no, Oh no, wait a minute. And I pulled up my calendar and said, it's at 10 o'clock my time. Don't do that to me. doesn't help when you're assisted get you confused too you know but it, it's really important that we can figure all of these things out but then I have another question for you and something that you put down in in your notes before our conversation started and what is and I've got a degree in psychology and I don't know what this is what is psychological safety Oh yeah. Psychological safety is the idea that you won't get in trouble or punished for speaking up. So this, this happens a lot in the workplace where maybe you see something happening that's unsafe. So I work in the power industry and safety is a huge, huge deal. So we talk about being, um, having stop work authority. So if you see something unsafe going on, you have the power to say, please stop that because it's unsafe. And a lot of the times um, our people are perfectly fine doing this when it's an outside contractor because they have no personal relationship with them. But if they see a coworker doing something unsafe, they won't speak up because they're afraid of getting in trouble or uh, being seen differently by that person or maybe saying the wrong thing. And then they end up feeling bad. So they say nothing. 
And then maybe that person causes an accident down the line, or maybe they're responsible for some something that ends up costing the company money. And then it causes all sorts of cultural issues when you don't have psychological safety because you're not speaking up when things go wrong. Very interesting. And how does that apply to someone who's running a small business as the business owner? um, Think about the people you work with. If you end up building these really great relationships with people and they do something that you didn't like, or they do something that you're questioning, if you don't want to risk that relationship, you won't say anything. And that might impact how you run your business. It might impact the clients you have, the revenue you make, because you don't have this courage or this, this space of psychological safety to stand up for yourself and not worry about feeling bad or other people judging you for it. I see that all the time in myself and in other people. How do we get to the point where we allow ourselves that, that safety, where we do feel like we can say something? It's kind of hard. Honestly, it takes, um, it's really like this culture shift thing. If you're in an organization where you're, uh, you're an employee and you're working for someone else, you can kind of take ownership to be psychologically safe in your own interactions with yourself and learn how to kind of build that courage to speak up when things go wrong, or just, just start with one person. And the more that you get comfortable with that in yourself, then the more you can kind of branch out to help impact other people. So if you're in like, that would, that would apply for um, like a small business or an entrepreneur situation. And if you're an employee, it's really about finding one person to talk to. So uh, I feel really psychologically safe with my manager. And I know that just based on that relationship, it, it opens up so much more opportunity with the entire company because I have that psychological safety with him. Makes a lot of sense. I, I, I think that's something that we need and that, um, you know, what do you do if you've got um, a client who you just really think is, is taking advantage of you, you don't like what they're doing, they're, they're wanting you to do something that doesn't fit with your ethics and your morals, but they're a big client and they have the ability to, you know, spread either good word or bad word about you out there in in the world and could, you know, could really um, help or hurt your business. And I could see where, you know, you would say, I just, I can't say anything. I I really don't want to work with this person. I really need to tell them that, that I don't agree with what they want me to do. But if I do, I'm going to lose them. And there's so much more that I could lose. And so you just put up and shut up, you know, I can, I can see that happening. Yeah. And that just creates a whole cycle of continuing the same thing. And then you end up in a place in your business that you didn't like, that you don't like, that you don't want because you didn't have the courage or that safety with yourself to stand up and, and take control and, and take responsibility for your business because it actually doesn't matter what other people say about you. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you think and how you show up. And if you're thinking and showing up like you're at the, at the mercy of someone else, that's always going to happen. And you're never going to be able to reach a point in your business where you're so con- like confident and comfortable with it that it doesn't matter what other people say because you have your own back. I love it. I love it. Uh, listening to this conversation, I think it all goes back to, in one way or another, having 
the self-confidence, having the courage to do the things that maybe we don't want to do, but we know that we need to do and that we should do and pushing ahead and, and doing them regardless. And hopefully when doing that, you wind up having a better life all around business-wise, personally, professionally, all of that. And, and that's a really important message that I think we need to hear a lot more of. So thank you for sharing that. That's really, really important. What have, what have we not talked about that you think we, we need to address here today? Hmm. Um, I think a good one is not judging any of your decisions in the past as right or wrong, because when we make decisions in that moment, that's all the information that we have. And if we have a situation later where we end up second guessing that decision or questioning why we made that decision at all with this future information, because hindsight is 2020, then we end up creating this reality where we're always second guessing ourselves and we're never really staying in the moment and like honoring those decisions as having been the best to have the best that you could have made at that time, because then you're, you're discounting your own wisdom and your own decisions by doing that. And that's right back again with not having enough self-confidence to, to really believe in yourself and what you're doing. Really important message. And, and uh, you know, it needs to get out to a lot more people. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, one last thing that you need everybody to know. And also, if you could tell us where people can get a hold of you if they want to have further conversations with you or, you know, want to want to do business with you. Yeah, um, my website is inspiredforward.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's we can leave the I can give you the link for my LinkedIn. So, I, yeah. you know, you don't have to sort through all of the thousands of Colleen Mitchells because there's plenty of us. Um, I'm on uh, most social media as at inspired forward and uh, my email is on my website. Okay. Wonderful. Any last words of wisdom? Be kind to yourself. That's really what it comes down to. That's perfect. That's a wonderful way to end this uh, podcast. Thank you so much, Colleen. Have a wonderful, today is Monday, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Have a wonderful week ahead. And Thank you. I look forward to seeing you around on LinkedIn. All right. Take care. Bye.